Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me on Hints of Gladness. My guest today is Don Joseph Goey. Don is the executive director of the Center for Spiritual Exchange, the official archive for the works of Anthony DeMello. Don is the editor of a new book called Stop Fixing Yourself, Wake Up, All is Well, based on Anthony DeMello's Practical Spirituality. At the time of this interview, I hadn't read this book. I hadn't read Stop Fixing Yourself. And since the interview, I have read it. And it's an incredibly helpful book. It's one that I will return to over and over again, I'm sure. I wasn't, as I say in the interview, I wasn't all that familiar with DeMello's work other than some quotes here and there. But um, reading this book was fascinating and, like I say, very, very helpful. Don is also the author of the Amazon bestseller, The End of Stress, Four Steps to Rewire Your Brain. He spent six years directing a think tank that integrated breakthroughs in neuroscience into a psycho-spiritual model for rewiring the brain to extinguish stress reactions and amplify the higher brain function that enables a human being to flourish. And in this interview, we'll talk a little bit about that too. Now, please help me welcome Don Joseph Goey. Don, thanks for, for joining me today. I really appreciate it. I, you know, I've seen quotes by, do you call him Anthony or Tony? Tony. Tony. Yeah. I call him Tony, but okay. most people call him by Anthony. All right. All right. Well, I'll call him by Anthony since I'm not as familiar with him as you are. You, you obviously did, you knew him while he was alive, I would imagine. No, no, no. Oh, you I didn't. didn't. Okay. I came across his work. Yeah. Uh, when it began to be published in the 1990s, and it had a big influence on me. Okay. Uh, and uh, I never imagined I'd be hired to consult with the organization that grew up around his work after he, he died. Mm. But uh, no, I didn't know him personally. Because okay. he died in 1987. All right. All right. And so... You just introduce us to the Center for Spiritual Exchange. That has to do with Anthony DeMello and his work, correct? That's correct. DeMello had a number of followers at Fordham University. He was a Jesuit priest himself. Mm -hmm. And there were, there were a number of people that gathered around him. And after he died, began to take the, the videos, a number of videos that were done of his workshops. And from them, the verbatim discussions created a book and created a number of books. And one of the books is called Awareness. It's been a huge international bestseller, sold more than 2 million already. Okay. Big impact in the world and big impact on, on some of our great spiritual people of our time. One who lives up in your neighborhood, Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. And Eckhart Tolle, you know, he's had a huge influence on people. And of the 20 books he recommends to people, Hmm. Anthony DeMello's awareness is one of them. Okay. Let's, can we spend some time talking about him and then we'll, we'll get into your, your book here in, in a sec. Sure. So from, from my research, I haven't read his book, but just from my research, I, I, like you said, I, he, I, I see that he started out as a Jesuit uh, priest and he was from India, correct? 
and India. Then, yeah, he's yeah. And uh, he's from part of uh, India that was um, colonized by Portugal. So that's why he has that name, Anthony DeMello. Okay. It can, can sometimes confuse people. And he yeah. became a Jesuit priest, but he also he came from the Indian culture. And mm-hmm. so one of the things that, that he's famous for is, is one of the first to integrate Eastern and Western philosophy. He's very interested in doing that. Just the same, this, the same as Thomas Merton. Both of them were very instrumental in trying to fuse those two together. And both of them at that time ran into a lot of resistance within the Catholic Church, you know, within the within that uh, hierarchy. But but he continued to work with it and he established a center called the Sadna Center. And there they they began to do that kind of work that that inner work that integrates those two philosophies. And so he worked with Goenka, one of the one of the great meditation teachers of our time, you know, one of the fathers of Vipassana meditation. And he also worked with other uh, Catholic mystics, Hindu mystics. And he, but he was a very practical minded person. He, he wanted to really bring all of this philosophy, this spirituality right down to earth. He also studied with Carl Rogers, one of the, one of the great psychologists okay. um, of our time. And he studied with him at the University of Chicago, where he earned a degree in counseling. And, and then um, at some point in his life, in his early 40s, he had an awakening. He, he said uh, that he made a discovery that revolutionized his, his life. And he compared it to his his before and after experience of life to similar to like if somebody drags you up on stage and has a hypnotist hypnotize you. And the result is you end up seeing what is not there and not seeing what is there. And that's the way in which Tony DeMello characterized it, is that there is a veil that has fallen between you and reality. And in this, in this veil, there are, it's, it's, you know, chock full of illusions that have you believing that you're this separate entity operating in this world in which where, where your, your happiness will come from whatever you extract from that world. And so you spend your life, you know, pursuing, seeking things that become attachments. And those attachments, you know, it's like what the Buddha said, all suffering it goes was related right back to your attachments, and and the mellow defined attachment is anything that you believe you cannot be happy without. And so you know, boys think they cannot be happy without that girl, and it turns you know that goes on for a whole lifetime. People who are high achievers think they can't be happy unless they they succeed. and achieve specific kinds of outcomes you know people think that if they don't live in the right neighborhood or kids aren't going to the right schools if they're you know and so we we're constantly in this state of wanting more and more and more more and better and better and um, under the belief that without those things we can't be happy and when in the truth of the matter is is that we were born happy 
Mm-hmm. We were born with an intrinsically happy nature. You know, one of the things that scientists look to when they try to identify what really is human nature, because, you know, everybody, everybody has for we, every era we've gone through that society, that culture has defined human nature. So if you go back into the Middle Ages, it was a pretty horrible view of human nature, right? Original sin, we can't be left to our own devices. We need to, even Freud said, you know, uh, we, we need a superior force to control us because our id will get out of control. Mm-hmm. And, and then that began to change during the advent of humanistic psychology. Carl Rogers was one of those who brought that forward is that, that human nature is basically trustworthy, but it's blocked. It's blocked by all kinds of things. It's blocked by the fear conditioning we receive from society. It's blocked by this belief that our happiness will come from the world outside us rather than from within us. And that lead, you know, so so that's what Demela was about. His definition of an attachment is anything that you believe you cannot be happy without. And so I always invite people uh, when I'm doing workshops or coaching people is make a list, sit down and make a list. And at the top of the list, put, I cannot be happy unless and until. And you'd be amazed at how quickly people put the list together and it gets gets pretty long. And then I tell them now, look back, this is the reason you're unhappy. This is the reason you're suffering. This is the reason why uh, your sense of fulfillment is eluding you because it's it's not in any of those things to make you happy. It's only within yourself. And as I was going to say, you know, one of the things that science looks to when they're looking to find out what is human nature, they look to children. And children are intrinsically, basically happy until, of course, institutions, beginning with their parents, moving up through their schools and, and beyond in their religion, until they get it programmed out of them. And so one of the, the interesting things that DeMello puts to us is he, get, he, he said, I get asked this question all the time, what do I need to do to change myself? So that, you know, we're, we're out there seeking in the world for all of these things under the belief that they will make us happy when, in fact, there, there's nothing in the world that can in, in and of itself make you happy, right? And we run into a midlife crisis around age 40 in which we have a successful life. You know, we, we're, we've, we're working in families. We've got a house and everything. But we're not at peace with ourselves, we're not happy. If happiness happens, it sort of is like this out of the blue thing that comes and goes as quick as a butterfly. And so what DeMello's answer to the question, what do I need to do to change myself? He says, that's the psychological condition we get left with is there must be something wrong with me. Right. Um, and his, his response, no, there's nothing wrong with you. It's the way you were programmed. Before we go too too much further into that, I just want to ask you a couple of questions. I'm sure we'll get to that in, in more in more depth. But just for you personally, what has his teaching meant to you? Well, it's I guess the best way to describe it to you is to, an experience I had and continue yeah. to have, which was 
when I was beginning to work with this approach of his, his approach is awareness, and we'll get to that. Yeah. He has some very specific steps we take to bring all of these reactions, these, these upsets that we're living with, that are a result of these attachments, to bring them into awareness mm -hmm. and, and, and to just let them be as they are. So I started practicing this awareness approach. And I began to notice, I began to calm down, you know, the, the negativity that would usually come with them when I would get stressed or frustrated or afraid of something, you know, didn't, I didn't have such a strong reaction to. And then one day I was walking down the hallway at work, heading for my office. Everything was going wonderfully <laughs> with, with the business. There was, the book was selling and I had nothing to complain about. And suddenly I had this feeling of dread just sort of descended on me. And, and, I, and I was afraid. I was afraid this, that what, was, what seemed to be functioning pretty well would soon disappear. And some, you know, something would cave, you know, the roof would cave in around me and the world would, would finally get me in its claws, right? Mm -hmm. And I stopped and I practiced this awareness approach, which I'll take you through in a minute. And I realized that that feeling of dread was nothing new. I've been living in it on and off my whole life. And so I went and I sat down and really let myself feel it and let me and then try to understand it didn't try to change it. But where is this coming from? And the very first picture that my mind flashed was a picture of my stepfather, a very brutal man, who, you know, he, he, he talked about the real world, like it was a, a rattlesnake <laughs> coils about to strike. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, and I got that message from and he also programmed me to believe that i i was would fail whatever i tried to do i would fail it was his fear that he was projecting onto me and i got programmed it get you know these things get wired into our brains yeah for sure upsets and emotional memories that play out the rest of our lives and they're often unconscious you know like like i said we're like we've been hypnotized into seeing what's not there there was no threat and, and not seeing what is there, all is well, you know, mm -hmm. and, and even when, even if somebody would, would have told me all is well, I would, I would have said, well, you know, yeah. there's something lurking around the corner. Mm -hmm. Well, that was a huge awakening. And from that point forward, over the next six months, those dread reactions that I was having, they half-lifed and they half-lifed and they half-lifed and they reached the point where they raise their head, you know, what gets wired into your hippocampus and your amygdala and, and that fear circuitry of your brain, it doesn't go away. It's wired there. But you could, but through awareness, you actually weaken its, its, re, its response to a stimulus. And so instead of that dread coming over me and ruining the day and carrying over into the next day and the next month, I, it, comes, it comes up. I see it. I laugh at it now. What used to be a tragedy is a comedy <laughs> now. And I move on and, it, and it's left me. Mm -hmm. And that, that, is, that was a huge change for me. And yet mm -hmm. up until that point, I had no idea it was even happening. Mm -hmm. So you had this awareness and you were already, practic you were already practicing an awareness 
practice. Like when, when you say that it, it, it began to have a half-life and a half-life and a half-life, was it because of this applying this awareness practice that you're talking about? Yes. Right, yes okay. I, think what, I think what ends up happening, I did, I've done a lot of work with neuroscience and I think what happens is that as you bring into some, you know, the whole thing about psychotherapy is to bring into conscious awareness what's been running you unconsciously. Because what happens when you bring that unconscious content into awareness is that it stops having power over you because your logical mind can look at this as like, there's nothing to be afraid of. And so much of what people experience as stress is, is fear. Stress is biologically stress is fear and it's triggering these, it, it, the, what happens is your fear center takes over your higher, your pre, your higher brain and you start thinking fearful thoughts. And as you do that, that circuitry of the fear center actually grows and it causes the logical, creative, positively emotion, emotionally positive part of your brain and the prefrontal cortex to shrink. Mm. So how is it that you reverse that process? Well, you do it by becoming aware mm -hmm. of what's going on inside of you and making you unhappy and making you stressed and anxious and depressed. Yeah. I got, I got to tell you a quick story before we get into the awareness practice. I was watch, I watched the TV show yesterday called bull. He's like a, a therapist. He, he, he chooses juries and that sort of stuff. And he does it according to his psychological training. And uh, he, this is hopefully this isn't too long of a story, but in oh, the previous episode, I didn't actually see it, but his daughter was kidnapped and that there was a phone, like they sent them a burner phone and the ring of that phone in this following episode was triggering him. And so throughout the show, you know, he'd hear a ring that was similar and he'd kind of lose it or whatever, but they ended the show with him sitting down with the phone and just, and he called that phone that had that ring that was triggering him. And he just sat with the ring. Like he didn't, he didn't try to avoid it. He didn't, push it away. I'm just smiling because it seems kind of like what you're talking about. Like he went into it. He didn't avoid it. He, 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 he got through it. He actually said, I, you know, you, he made that fame, you know, that famous quote that you don't, you don't transform or fix things by going around them. You go through them and that. So, and then the next scene, he sat down with that phone. So anyways, continue, please. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. It's yeah. it, so what DeMello is telling us is that, as I said, he's, he's, when he would be asked the question, what do I need to do to fix myself? What do I need to do to change myself? His, his answer is, you don't need to do anything. Mm. And it would surprise people. You know, we, we're, we're really taught to be change agents. We're really taught to be dissatisfied with ourselves and to judge ourselves. And understanding doesn't come out of any of that. And it's understanding it actually produces change within us, but you can't understand what you don't see. And so awareness is a way of bringing it into, into focus. And so the very first part of the awareness practice that Melo teaches is get in touch with those negative feelings, get in touch with those forces that you feel like are overwhelming you, get in touch with that stress, that anxiety, that depression, and just let it be there. Don't try to change anything. He says, you know, the more you try to change it, the worse it gets. You know, the people will use, try to change a negative thought into a positive one. And, you know, the research shows it doesn't really work. Right. And what just you do, to, 
a quick question on that, Don. Like, how do you, I'm sure people resist that right away. Like they, they, they don't want to go into that, that fear, you know, they don't want to feel that anxiety. So, you know, how do you help people with those initial stages? Like just to let them know that it's, it's going to be okay. And, and that well, they're the safe. first thing I invite people to do is to understand they're not going to like it. I mean, who likes to feel, <laughs> who likes yeah. to feel pressure, you know? Right. Um, and so the second thing I tell them is, as you step into it, be conscious of the f- being afraid of being afraid. Mm-hmm. Just start right there. I'm afraid of being afraid. Mm-hmm. And then get, and then you'll, what you begin to notice is this resistance comes up f- with you. And it's always been there and it's blocking you. And yet the, the, it's strong enough that you would just as soon, you know, pull the covers over your head and go back to sleep. Right. And so hang in there. But my, my next piece of advice is just hang in there and be with the resistance. Don't, don't try to change that. Be with whatever is happening. And, and so what Damella would tell you, too, is that as you do that, as you move into it, you know, first you st- put your little toe in the water, then your leg, then you pull it back out, you put it back in again, and eventually you step in, you step into it. And Damella invites you, as you step into it, is to pull back. In Zen Buddhism, they, they call it stepping back. Step back from it. And look at it almost as if you're looking at this fear was happening in some other person or this depression's happening in some other person or this anger, whatever the negative emotion that you're going through, get some distance from it, get some objectivity from it, you know, and then be aware of how there, there's another part of it that's going to come through, which is you judging yourself, you condemning yourself for being this way, you know, and that's, that's one of the, the, the real you know, mind benders of what society has done. First of all, they've programmed this into a false belief that we cannot be happy in, unless we fulfill all of the demands that they say that we, we're supposed to fulfill to be a success. And look at all the ways in which that turns into demands we place on other people, you know, and then how frustrated we get with other people when they don't live up to our expectations, you know, the whole thing that we go through. And then at the end of it, when it's turned us into, you know, a bundle of stress, we turn around and we blame ourselves for it. And we're not to blame. I mean, who would put, who would put themselves into a bundle of nerves that's full of stress and, and can hardly, hardly get through the day? Nobody would do that. It's their programming, the way we've been programming that's done that. And so if you understand that, it becomes easier to move through this process. And so don't you, when you notice yourself judging yourself, condemning yourself for, how can I be this way? I'm this, what's wrong with me? Observe that as well. Take that in and, move, and keep moving through the process. And then you'll reach a point where you're, you're this energy, this negative energy that's the result of this programming. And it's an important step to say, this is happening in me, not because of me, but it's happening in me. It's not happening to me. The whole part about wake up all is well is that reality is fine. You know, when you really think about reality, reality is neutral. So that, you know, like, for example, you plan for a picnic like I did yesterday. And we had this (laughs) torrent of rain that came through this river of 
spring. And we had this picnic we're all going to go on. And as I looked out the window, I realized we're not going to have any picnic. And the first thought I had was that, I, you know, what I used to do is I blame the rain. You know, the rain is ruining my picnic mm -hmm. and the rain is why I'm upset right now. Well, no, the rain is, rain is just the rain. Um, the upset is coming from you. And, and you need to eventually come to understand where it's coming from. But right now, just own that. It's coming from me. It, 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 there's nothing wrong with me. It's the way I've been programmed. Mm -hmm. And then as you get to that point, if you just breathe with it, or as my grandson, who's a surfer, does, if you just ride the wave, eventually all of this activity, this emotional upset will pass. And we all know that everything passes. And once it passes, you're free. And in that moment of freedom, if you really let go to it, what you will experience, what you will see with your own eyes, is that this happiness, this feeling of well-being, this feeling of peace, this feeling of I'm really okay, life is really okay, you're located in the present moment, now you're home, you got home. Yeah. And so what Demelo says, you do this practice for as little as two weeks. You know, you, you do it seriously all day long. You're, you're as you go about doing whatever you do, you're in touch with, with how, you, how you're being on the inside. And so mm -hmm. when uh, some kind of upset comes up, you're in touch with it. And so that's his first his first thing. Get in touch with those feelings, mm -hmm. those upsetting feelings. And then write them out in this way, in this process. And it's all outlined in this book back there. Okay. As you write it out, it'll pass. And eventually you'll come to understand that you are okay, that all that you really are, and you've always been okay. Mm -hmm. It's just you've been run by this programming that's been, that's been indoctrinated and wired into your brain. And one of the things we've learned in neuroscience is a thing called neuroplasticity, which means that a change of mindset that changes your experience literally changes the way your brain is wired. And so those synapses that have been firing rapid order and taking you over before you, before you even knew what happened, begin to shrink. Mm -hmm. They don't disappear altogether, but they begin to shrink. And now they get you to choice. You know, they, they, slow, they slow down enough where you can go, you know, like you've, you've gone down that dark alley of negativity and fear and stress 10,000 times. And now you're there looking down the alley and you're looking down, you say, you know, I don't think I'm going down there today, or at, at least this moment. Now mm -hmm. you're free. And the more you do that, the more you have that experience of how, it, how, how this turmoil inside of you passes, and that there's nothing in you that needs to change. There's just these things you need to get out of the way that's blocking your basic nature, your basic fundamental happiness in which you were created, that mm -hmm. creativity that makes life fun comes on board. The, the feeling of love for other people and for life itself. And then that sense of separateness begins to crack and crumble. And, and you, you, know, you, you can look out a window and feel it one with what the sun is doing, encouraging the grass to grow. Or, you know, I had an experience of being in Grand Central Station where I had missed a train that was leading to a very important um, appointment. And I was all upset. I used the awareness process to work my way through it. 
And, and as I, it passed, the upset passed, I looked around and I just was aware of how beautiful this architecture was and how amazing the human activity in it was and how beautiful all the people were. And what this enormous diversity that we're all living in and the energy of it all, it, it was mind blowing to me. And, mm -hmm. I, and I went from this snarled up face, condemning myself for being late to a meeting to this wide open human being. And I'll take a change like that any day. I can see how this practice and DeMello probably provided the foundation for a lot of the things that are being taught these days from, from some of the teachers, you know, that are teaching similar types of steps, you know, of, of being aware and, 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 you know, feeling that feeling what's going on in your body and feeling, feeling the fear and all that sort of sort of stuff. And yeah, I could, I can totally relate to so many of the things that, that you're talking about and, and that you just shared. Thank you for that. Yes, you bet. I'm intrigued by the title of your book, Stop Fixing Yourself. <laughs> I, I, re I had this realization quite a number of years ago. Like I've always been into prayer. I've, I've, I've loved comp uh, contemplation for, for many, many years. That was kind of my, my introduction to meditation and that sort of thing was actually through centering prayer, which came from Thomas Keating and, you know, sort of, and before that was just Christian practices of prayer. But one of the things I realized along the way was that I just felt, I felt irreparably flawed. <laughs> and, and I know from, from my experience and working with people that there's a lot of people out there that, that feel that way. And the result is, and at least the result for me was that my, I realized that even my practice of prayer and, and working so hard on it was that I was trying to fix myself, right? I did have this epiphany along the way that I'm okay and that I'm going to be okay. I won't, tell, I kind of had a vision of that actually. I won't go into that, but, and that was really life altering. But, you know, I, I'm sure there's, we have listeners that are, are trying to fix themselves. And, and I think when you first hear that, it's like, what do you mean, stop? stop fixing it. I have to, I have to keep working. I have to keep trying to fix myself. Right. So maybe just as an introduction to your book, you know, why is it okay to stop trying to fix ourselves? Well, you know, the first thing I would say to people, and I would say it with the deepest respect is that where has it gotten you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here you are listening to this program and you've been fixing yourself all your life and you're plugging into this program to look for more ways to fix yourself. And then here's this guy sitting here on the other side saying, stop it. <laughs> yeah. And, and if you just take inventory, it's, it's, it's been, a, it's been a struggle. Yeah. It's been a lot of, a lot of misfires, you know, just inter interject here, just for a sec, Don, one of the things I've observed is that some people who have really undergone some major transformations, it happened when they quit. You know what I mean? Like they just gave up, right. And they just said, God, universe, whatever I am done, you know? And, and that was, that was actually a seminal moment in their lives. Right. Yeah. Is that what happened to you? I think somewhat. I don't know that I've ever entirely quit. <laughs> and I think that this conversation is probably going to be really, is going to be a good reminder for me. And I do remind myself constantly that, you know, not constantly, 
I, I need to be reminded regularly to, to, to give up, to quit, to stop trying to fix myself, that I'm okay, you know, just, just the way I am. And I will be okay as well in the future. Yeah. And the reason you're okay the way you are is because you were created whole. Mm -hmm. You were created happy. Right. You were created with an enormous capacity for peace. You were right. created with the ability to, to not differentiate yourself from every, everything on this planet, but to be at one with it. And again, you know, I also invite people, if you're around little children, watch them. You're watching your own nature. That, that, and how much of the way in which a child embraces the world with wonder, how much of the happiness a child has as they approach things that they do. You know, when my grandchildren, when I throw crayons and blank sheets of paper out on the dining room table, they're happy. They're happy for hours. And, you know, there's no comparison. They're just excited about what they're, what they're doing. But, you know, one of the things we really got to take stock of is that it's really hard to find a completely happy person. And in fact, you know, studies show it's only 4% of the population. You know, another really telling study is they did a Cornell. They had people sit down at the end of the day and write down all the things that they were worried about. And they had them do it over, a, I, I don't know how long, an extended period of time. And then at the end of that, the second part of the study was they had them go back over their diary, their worry diary, and identify the worries that actually happened. And 85% of what people worried about never happened. Mm -hmm. And you know, when I, when I cite that, if I'm giving a keynote or something, there's always a few people raise their hand and say, well, what about the 15% that did, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, they, and they actually drilled down into that. They, the 15% of the worries that did manifest, 79% of the people found the resourcefulness to bring it to a, a satisfactory conclusion. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you do the math, 97% of the time, there was nothing to worry about. But does that stop us? You know, yeah. it's only 4% of us that have ever reached that place of being completely happy. I don't mean occasionally happy, but I mean, as, as that's the, the song that their heart's singing. And the irony is, as I keep saying, is we're born happy, we're born free, but we've been trapped in limited think, limited ways of thinking, just like my my stepfather trapped me in a limited way of thinking and seeing myself. We're born with an open heart that stress and fear so easily closed. We're born gifted with beings of immeasurable worth and capacity, but we often feel not good enough. That's called, that's called the, a shame-based life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and amidst all of that truth, there's this divinity of joy within us and surrounding us that's there to make life meaningful and beautiful and rich, but we've become blocked to seeing it. You know, if there's anything that all the mystics, all the great mystics are unanimous about, it's that, is that you're surrounded by love. You're sur surrounded by this divinity of joy, but you don't trust it. You don't see it. You, you don't even believe, believe it's there, or if it's there, it's not there for you. You know, as you've been hypnotized, as I said, to see what's not there and not see what is there. And society did it to you. Society programmed that out of us, stamping in to us the belief that happiness and self-worth are found out there in the world. 
And, you know, if we work long and hard, success will come. And out of that success, happiness and fulfillment will follow. But, you know, Tony Robbins, who's been working with with success models his whole life and, and some of the most successful people in the world, he, he was overwhelmed by how many people, successful people were unfulfilled. And he said, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure in life. And so many of us are stuck there. That's that midlife crisis. You know, we've all swallowed that formula. And 10 years into it, you know, we're looking around like there's got to be more. There's got to be another way. There's got to be more to life than this, because basically we're, we're failing at living. So waking up is the realization that contrary to what society has taught us, nothing, and I'm saying absolutely nothing of the world can make you happy. So, you know, success is important. Nobody's throwing that out. But success is not the same thing as fulfillment. So then when you go out, you're striving for an outcome. Tony DeMello would tell you, don't, don't fall into that false belief that that success is going to make you happy. There's only one thing that makes you happy. It's you. You know, successful, you'll have an elation, you know. And pretty soon, I remember I was training all of these uh, salesmen in a huge lumber company in Idaho. And one of the things that they had is that they reached, you know, December 31st, they met their quota or succeeded it. They succeeded for the year. And the very first thought they had is, how am I going to do it next year? You know, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the way we're living in that, that kind of paradigm. Mm -hmm. So fulfillment doesn't come from the world. And we got to, well, and we, be, we begin to see that and understand that and experience that through, through a process of awareness of bringing that programming into awareness. That's the thing we got to drop. That's what's in the way. And the way we drop that is we got to become aware, we got to conscious how that program's working through us. And as we, it, as we work through it, it drops in and of itself. And that's what it is meant by stop fixing yourself. Awareness will release reality to change you in ways that you've never been able to change yourself. I took the works of Tony DeMello that, that he put together over, I think, a 20, 25 year period and mm -hmm. organized them in a way that I thought would really lead, lead to people getting clarity about what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I, and you know what, if you read the reviews at Amazon, what I really hear people saying, and about three or 400 reviews already, they're coming to, to the understanding that they're not broken. Mm. They're, they're not some problem that needs to be solved. Yeah. They're okay. Yeah. And, you know, if there's a problem, it's the way they were programmed to believe mm -hmm. that without this person or that result or that outcome or that thing or that car, you know, I can't be happy. It's, they're coming to see it's a complete false belief that's it's creating that's from which their neurosis springs. So right. we don't acquire or earn happiness or peace or worth. We have it already. Mm -hmm. You drop the false belief and the struggle with the world drops and peace arises all by itself. Happiness arises all by itself. All is well because you are even if things remain a mess. And, you know, what the, the mellow would, he often talked about is that uh, your life's in a mess. And, and the worst part of it is you don't want to clean it up. 
And most people think of the mess is the, you know, well, maybe their house is a mess or maybe their, their, their finances are in a mess. What Tony's talking about is emotionally, emotionally you're in a mess Mm -hmm. and you, you can, you can, I've worked with people dying of all kinds of diseases. I worked with parents who'd lost children and there's a resilience inside of human beings that come through that upheaval and find their way home. They come back home to themselves and, and they, they become the kind of person that transcends the circumstances. They're living a life in which they're greater than the circumstances that happen. They have to deal with their circumstances, certainly, but their circumstances don't checkmate them. Not anymore. Yeah. It's incredible what happens during times of crisis, isn't it? That I, I, I remember during 9-11, I was just amazed how people, you know, it, it just seemed like the best in people came. It was a terrible tragedy and it was, you know, there's a lot of anger and all that kind of stuff at the same time. But at the same time, people really rose up. It was, it was really interesting. And I just had a friend, actually, you mentioned losing a child. I just had a friend who, who their son, 30, 31 or 32 years old, just passed away quite suddenly. And, but, you know, they're not ready to hear this, but it, it's amazing how people, you know, friends and family and church and everybody just came around them and, and, and rose up to, to, to support them. Um, yes. You know, they're, they're maybe not at the point yet where they're <laughs> experiencing their own resiliency, or maybe they are as well. I don't know. But anyways, like you say, it, it, it's, it's, it's times like that when situations like that happen, where I do have some faith in humanity, like you say, we have, we do have some great things just naturally built into us. And I think it's during those times of tragedy. It's one of the times where we really see them come to the, come to the fore. You know, you work, you work with um, people facing life-threatening illnesses long enough, and you become to, to realize that the ultimate problem that that person faces is fear. Mm letting go of fear whether whether they heal or not whether whether they they take charge of and once they get past their fear they're able to take charge of their life i've worked i worked in the aids epidemic when it was at its height in Mm -hmm. san francisco and i worked with men not only who who were suffering from the illness and who were dying themselves but had lost all their friends had lost their lovers you know an incredible tragedy that was happening. And yet I can't tell you how many times I had heard people say that if it wasn't for not just AIDS, but, you know, in cancer, people say, if it wasn't for this, I never would have woken up. They say, even though I, I, I appear to be dying right now, I've never been more alive. I, I'm, I don't care about whether, you know, I'm not worried about, I'm insecure about whether somebody approves of me or not, I feel whole within myself because I'm not afraid. And this, this illness forced that on me. And, you know, you know, it's what Byron Katie, you know, the, the great mystic says is that what happens to you in life isn't happening to you. It's happening for you. Mm. And you, but you can't see that until you've actually moved through the emotional upset that, that you're 
that, that, that's been operating in you your whole life through awareness. You know, as you look at the way that you've been put together, at the way you've fu been functioning all your life, you begin to find that inside your brain, there's this whole program that society stamped into you that wired into your brain a set of demands about how the world should be, how you should be, you know, what you should want. And it's imperiously insisting that its demands be met by life, you know, or other people or by you, especially by you. Mm -hmm. And if the demands are met, you know, your brain allows you to feel some elation or some self-satisfaction, some peace, but it's a precarious kind of peace because, you know, like I said, if you, uh, in, within moments, you're looking around like, well, how am I going to make the quota next year? Or what's waiting for me around the corner? You know, we're fear conditioned. Mm. So in short, you know, we've been trained to upset ourselves. Mm. And so when other people don't live up to our expectation, up to our programming's expectation, we're tormented, you know, with mm -hmm. frustration, with anger, with bitterness, when things are not under our control, which is most of the time, uh, if our future begins to look uncertain, our brain insists that amygdala, that fear center of our brain, insists that we experience anxiety and tension and worry. And then, you know, we run around expending a ton of energy, coping with these negative emotions, expending even more energy, trying to rearrange the world around us so that the demands of our brain, of our programming can be met. And it's, it becomes a pathetic existence that's constantly at the mercy of people and things and and events and outcomes and these all and they all depend on the criteria society has established they depend on how we've been conditioned mm -hmm. and it's become a way of life well we can we can drop that and that's what aware, awareness is the way in which we we drop that programming as we come to understand what's going on inside of it it drops in and of itself and that happiness that we've been seeking that sense of fulfillment you know fulfillment not in terms of what we've done in the world but what we what we are what we are in our basic nature that's a, when you get in touch with it kind of like you were talking about happened to you when you get in touch with that suddenly all is well you know yeah. Suddenly you're right with everything. Yeah. That's an extraordinary thing. And the best that we get from running around trying to fix ourselves is a temporary respite from negative emotions. We got to turn and face them and mm -hmm. move through them. And aware what awareness, some people think, well, you know, if I become more and more aware of my negative emotion, I'm just going to be suffering all that. No, it's not a true at all. Awareness produces this incredible delight. One of the things that did happen for me, you asked me that earlier, is when I get a negative emotion that comes up, a fear that comes up, I, I sometimes I wake up in the morning and I, I feel, feel that feeling of dread or a kind of depression, like, oh, I got to face another day. And I now I laugh at it, you know, and I'm, I'm grateful that I'm aware of it. You know, awareness becomes this thing where these negative emotions that that you've been resisting and pushing away and wanting no part of, they become your friend. They're waking you up. You know, they're waking you up. Do you, why don't you examine this instead of letting it run you? And after a while, you begin to realize it's not running me so much. And, it, and then a little while later, it's running me even less than before and even less than before. 
You know, I don't think enlightenment is anything more than a quick turnaround from something that's untrue and, and painful to something that's wide open and connected. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. For you, do you think the key is sustained practice to where you've gotten to this point where is it this sustained practice of awareness to where you've gotten to this point where you wake up, you feel this sense of dread for the day? Is it just automatic now because of your years of practice that you just go right to your, you become aware of what's going on and what your, what your brain is telling you? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I would imagine too, like a, a question that was coming to my mind is how do you sustain this? But I would imagine, I think based on what you said earlier, is that as you continue to practice this, it becomes more and more natural. It's not like it takes after a while, it doesn't take a lot of effort. It kind of takes over. Is that, is that kind of what yes. you're saying? Yeah. Well, yes, exactly. And, and also, you know, there's nothing more motivating than a positive outcome, a positive mm-hmm. result. Right. So as you step into it, you know, at first you're, you're, you're taking DeMello's word for it. You're taking my word for it. Right. And, um, you got to start somewhere. So why not start here? And this isn't about fixing yourself. This is getting in touch with yourself. That's all. It's a redirection. Stop looking out there. Turn around and look inside. Yeah. Change, do an about face and look inside. The answer's in there. The thing you're seeking is in there. And the more you do that, the less you become a seeker. Because what awareness is, is about is about finding. It's not about seeking. It's about finding what's going on. And then through the process of, of finding what's going on to see what an illusion it is. The way you discover is what an illusion it is, is that here it is, you're, you're, you're using the awareness process, you're getting in touch with the negative feelings that you're usually not aware of or that you push away. You're acknowledging that the negative feeling is in you. You're not, you're, you're, you got programmed to, to cause it, to have it happen, but it's happening in you, not in reality. Reality is fine. And then you're stepping back from it. You're not identifying with the feeling that that's a part I didn't mention. That's a very important part of the process where, you know, people say I am depressed or I am afraid. Mm -hmm. Well, that I am words are really powerful to your brain. You know, okay, you, you are depressed. We're going to turn you into depression incarnate. (laughs) And so, but what Demela suggests is just simply don't identify with those feelings. You're not, you're not an emotional upset. That's not what you are at all. You can say my experience right now is depression right, or right. my experience right now is anxiety or there, you know, there's fear there or there's jealousy there right now. Stepping back from it and looking at yourself as if you were looking at somebody else to get some objectivity so that you can see what's going on. And if there's judgment against yourself, condemnation for being let just put that into the mill and let it run it through the mill too. And pretty soon that what you, what you, what ends up happening is it passes. Everything passes, especially emotions. We all know that, you know, you can be, you can be really afraid one minute and five minutes later, you're fine. You know, you can't, you can be really anxious and stressed because you can't find something. And as soon as you find it, it's gone, you know? And so the thing about it is, is that when it passes, when that turmoil that you're getting in touch with dissipates and dissolves, by definition, that's an illusion that what you were suffering under is under something that had no 
existence, no reality to it other than what your mind made of it. And now you're free. And if you just relax and, and be present, be quiet within yourself and present in the moment, what you will see is there's these wonderful qualities that begin to arise all by themselves. And there's a for you'll feel a force coming in, supporting you in, in embracing that truth about yourself. And that force coming into you is, is, is divine. It's grace and it's supporting you. And you, if you have that experience, your life won't be the same after that. This is great. I think there's more and more people these days practicing presence and practicing awareness. And I think it's great to hear encouragement from people like you who've been practicing this for a long time or have been studying people like DeMello that it has some real positive <laughs> results over time. You know, it's like, keep the faith. It, it works. Things, things, things get better, you know, <laughs> or at very least get started. That's all you got to do is get started. Give it a shot. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't take my word for it. You're the laboratory. I'm just throwing out to you in a hypothesis and an and a way to run an, an experiment. Yeah. So get started. And, and I'm saying you will, if I'm a test case, then what I'm saying, you're going to quickly see results. And in a few short weeks, two, three weeks at most, if you do it diligently, mm -hmm. the quality of your, your life experience is going to change. You're yeah. going to be different. You're going to respond to life differently. You're going to be much more alive. Your mm -hmm. eyes are reopened to the truth that people everywhere are searching for. You know, that, that fountainhead of peace and joy that hides in every human heart, that's blocked in every human heart. And, you know, the upsets will still keep coming. Like I said, you know, I've been practicing this a long time. I woke up this morning. It's like, oh, we're going to face Monday, you know? <laughs> I got to talk to Rod. <laughs> and, you know, I, I wondered to myself, you know, I, I looked at it and I go, oh, well, where is, let's get in touch with that. Where is that coming from? Yeah. And I know where it's coming from. And I often wonder, God, how many years did I waste on that, on that false belief? Yeah. You know, depending on the depth of your programming, those upsets are going to keep coming. But I can assure you, based on my experience, I have not and, and based on people that I've worked with as well, I haven't seen a single person who gave time to being aware in this simple way. And as you said, in this way that not only DeMello is talking about, but they've been talking about through the ages, you know, mm -hmm. being aware in this simple way. Who, I haven't seen anyone who didn't get quickly see a difference in themselves and in their life. Yeah, it's funny. It's typically there's kind of a honeymoon period where they first practice awareness and they have this amazing, they, they go, Oh, wow, this is incredible. They have an amazing breakthrough. And, but as they continue, the rubber hits the road and it's like, okay, this isn't going to fix my life. It's going <laughs> to, I have to just continue to, to practice this and be aware that I'm okay. Like you say, and um, yeah, just, just, just keep going. Yeah. And there will oh. be, a, there will be breakthroughs and epiphanies along the way, the longer you stick with it. Right. Right. And, you know, and it, it's important to, to kind of counter yourself when you go, well, you know, I'll, I'll keep practicing, you know, and hopefully this will fix my life. And I like to, to interject, 
your life doesn't need fixing. Your bicycle yeah. needs re- fixing. Maybe your brakes on your car might need fixing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you and the people you love, they don't need fixing. They just need to f- find a way to drop the programming that makes them feel broken. That's mm-hmm. it. But and as not- they get, like, would you say as they get, as they drop that programming more and more, they get in touch with their whole self and who they really, they really are. Yeah. Yes. And you know, we're, we're human beings. We're living in these bodies that have this incredible neurocircuitry that's doing its thing, you know, Mm -hmm. and we have, we have our, our body chemistry doing its thing so that, you know, even when you have this moment where you wake up out, you know, everything, you go through the awareness process, everything passes and now you're, you know, you're, you're in the present moment. You're looking at the, out the window and you have this lovely feeling of how beautiful and precious life is. I also remind people, don't hold on to that because that's going to pass too. Everything passes. Right. And, and so, you know, go back to work. But, you know, one of the important things too that people need to get is that DeMello isn't saying don't go for, don't go for, what's important for you mm-hmm. he's not saying to renounce the material world not at all stop pursuing they, your goals he's not saying anything like that not at all right you know you're gonna and don't stop paying your bills she said yeah he's saying one uses the material world mm-hmm. and one enjoys the material world but one does not make one's happiness depend on the material world that's that's the key thing. Mm-hmm. The irony is, you know, when you are detached from the material world, as you pursue success, you actually enjoy the process more. You're, you're more in the flow, the pressures off of you. And then when, you know, you, you believe your self-worth and peace and happiness depend on some outcome, you're anxious all the time. And, you know, but, but if you're detached from it, if you succeed, great. If you fail, well, look at all you learned from what you failed. But in either case, your happiness and self-worth are not at stake. Only if you let, put them at stake. Mm-hmm. And so that's a big, that's a big change. Yeah. Yeah. For a person to make in their life. And, you know, it's one day at a time. We, we wake up to the world every day. We wake up to this brain that, you know, is a wonderful instrument. This mind, it's a wonderful instrument. But through awareness, it's, we, we stop it from running the show and we start using it. You know, I use a term a lot is that people who are really stressed, that's their brain using them. And when they move beyond it, that's when they begin to use their brain and use the power within their brain. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been excellent. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this today. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you were hoping I would I would bring up? Did I miss something? I can't, I can't imagine. We didn't cover everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, like people, they want to find out more about DeMello, yeah. go to our website, DeMello Center. It's D-E-M-E-L-L-O, DeMelloCenter.com. There's the book. It's at Amazon. It's doing really well. Stop Fixing Yourself. It's a great book. And it will get people, you know, the question you asked, will, will people get clues to what this programming is all about, as well as, you know, the steps in, in, in the awareness process and so much more, you know, DeMello goes into our basic nature. He goes into relationships, love relationships. He, he, you know, he, he, it's a whole enchilada in there. Great. Well, I look forward to picking it up. I've only read the preface and the introduction. 
And um, I look forward to picking up the book and I hope that our listeners will as well. And we'll have links to, in our show notes. If you're listening in your car right now, or you're out on a walk listening on uh, on Apple podcasts or whatever platform you're listening to us on, you can check out our website and you can see more about the book and, and find the book at it's demellocenter.com. Correct. Is that yeah, what the Mellow Center, if they and they can find the book at Amazon, you know, it's it's there. Yeah, great. great. Okay, yeah, just just search for uh, stop fixing yourself on <laughs> on on Amazon. Well, thank you so much again. I really appreciate the time that you you spent with us today. I was a joy to be with you, Red. Really was. Thank you. Thanks again to Don Joseph Goey for doing this interview. As I was editing this, I noticed how many times he had to gently remind me that that there's no need to try and fix ourselves. Yeah, just really provided me with something to think about and how often I get into that mode of wanting to fix not only myself but some of the people that I encounter or even work with in spiritual direction or or coaching it's so easy to get into fix it mode and forget that we are okay and that we were that we are born whole I thought that was probably one of the I thought that that was a very poignant moment in our conversation when Don was going, was reminding us how we are whole and that we are okay. And as I said to him, even though I had sort of this major epiphany along the way of my okayness, I continually need to be reminded. Thanks again for joining us. Take good care.